0: My name is Michelle, and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin Branch School. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, but with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit and in this state he is incomprehensible and inscrutable, is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a holy name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this three-fold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First help you find No know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon the devil, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth's fate. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading this evening will be Romans the first chapter verses 16 through 22 and if we could please have that read by Dr. Jerry Geller of the Oceanside California Branch School. And if we could have class dedicated with a prayer tonight by Dr. Lionel Van Manju from the Hamilton, Ontario class. Thank you.
1: We can me do the prayer right now. I can do it. Yes, please. There we go. Sorry about that delay. Let's all bow our hearts and mind. Let's uh, focus and still our hearts and our mind from all the cares and troubles of the world that we live in, near and far, and all those places in between. Oh Yahweh through Yeshua the Messiah, may You please bring much edification to our hearts and minds today. At times we need it and to give us the strength and energy and build up our reserves to help us fight and deal with the adversary and all the challenges on our way. Life certainly is not getting any easier by any means, and it's your strength and, and sustenance that carries us forward. So very grateful for all that you've done for myself and for the members on this, this call and those that are listening and those out in the world that hear your voice and that are your sheep. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Good evening, class. Tonight I'll be re- reading Romans, the first chapter, verse 16 through 22, from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by the late A.B. Trina of the Scripture Research Association, Incorporated, Romans 1, starting at verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah. For it is the power of Yahweh unto salvation to every one that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek or Gentiles. For therein is the righteousness of Yahweh revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of Yahweh shall be revealed from heaven against all impiety and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and supernal nature So that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew Yahweh, they glorified him not as Elohim, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Thank you. Thank
0: Thank you. you very much. Our readers this evening will please be Dr. Mike Josephson of the Green Bay, Wisconsin branch, and Dr. Jerry Geller of the Oceanside California branch. Welcome everyone this evening. We're glad to see everyone here. A warm welcome to our visiting brethren from sister classes. We're glad to have your support and glad to have you come out and study with us this evening. Quick little reminder that we are streaming live to YouTube tonight and for our first speaker this This evening, we would like to ask our returning visitor Tatiana to see if she'd like to say a few words, Tatiana.
3: Tatiana, are you with us? Do you have anything you would like to say?
0: Oh, sorry. I had a problem with my Zoom. I couldn't turn on my microphone. So really, I'm not ready to speak. I just wanted to, uh, I would like to thank you uh, for inviting me uh, to be your guest. Uh, First of all, I'd like to thank uh, Sasha for inviting me uh, to this class and uh, to thank um, every speaker. Um, Just, uh, well, Thank you. I really enjoy listening to you and um, I enjoy um, learning, learning with you. That's it. Well, thank you for those words, Tatiana. You are quite welcome to join us anytime you'd like. Thanks, Tatiana. For the next speaker this evening. For our next speaker this evening, we would like to call on Dr. Rick Enzenroth from the Madison, Wisconsin branch.
3: Hello,
1: everyone. Well, I'm glad you have an open mind and open heart, Tatiana, if that's important. I know it wasn't easy to speak when you're very new in class. It's kind of freaky, but that's okay. Um, So let's just start reading, please.
2: Romans 1 and 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah. For it is the power of Yahweh unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of Yahweh revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith.
1: what What is faith? Get it for me. Substance. Hebrews. I don't know where it is. Hebrews 11 1. Yep. Yeah. Hebrews 11 1.
4: Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is
1: substance. Right? Right. right. And what is Yahweh? Source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything, right? Yeah. yeah. And what's the whole new covenant about? Joshua in you. Who's the author and finisher of your faith? I know that one. Joshua. Yeah, where is it? Better get it. Is that the 12th chapter?
4: Hebrews 12.2, looking unto Yahshua, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of Yahweh.
1: That's enough. See, that's the whole point of the, the new covenant. We, we've gone through the new covenant versus the old covenant before, so everybody's got a somewhat of an understanding of it. But it all comes back to Yahshua in you is, is your everything. And Yahshua is Yahweh manifest in a physical body, the Holy Spirit, right? Right. So it, that's how Yahweh is the all in all. He's the author of your faith, the finisher of your faith. So your faith, and you had faith when you were not in class. I can I say even before Yashua jumped in you for a better term. But your faith was based on what your preacher told you, or pastor, whoever, what your parents told you, Mm -hmm. what you dreamed up as being right, Mm -hmm. but now that's changed, and now go to 119.
2: Romans 1 and 19, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them.
1: That sounds to me like the only one that knows anything about Yahweh. Is Yahweh. Right. And he's the one that's going to show it to you. Right. So all of our old faith gets pushed to the side because that was coming from a man, our own opinions, our upbringing, whatever. Now give me... Yeah, I don't know any Scripture's are. But get me the um, worship in spirit and in truth.
3: John
4: 4.24. John 4.20. I'll pick up 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For this Father seeketh such to worship him.
1: Right, that's enough. It's pretty self-explanatory. If Yahweh is the only one that can show you anything about it, and he chose to because it said it manifested in them, so I showed it unto you, that just knocks out everything out of the world that's being taught, which should basically clear you up. If it ain't Yahweh saying it, it ain't no good. If it's just coming from a man, it ain't no good. If it's coming from your own theories, opinions, concepts, whatever, they're no good. You know, this gospel is a, can I say, a one-on-one? But I don't want it to be just you and Yashua. If you know what I mean, I'm not saying that you're a duality or anything, okay? But you're going to have a personal relationship. How else do you get to know someone if you don't have a personal relationship with them? You see what I mean? Be tough. And now go keep going in there in Romans.
2: Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. For Yahweh has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen.
1: Oh, wait a minute. The invisible things of him are clearly seen. Well, that sounds a little weird, dear, but keep going.
2: They're clearly seen being understood by the things that are made.
1: Oh, because they're understood by the things that are made. Now it makes more sense. Keep going.
2: Even his eternal power and Godhead or supernal nature, so that they are without excuse.
1: Wow. That's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. So what I want to get to here is this pattern. Okay? The tabernacle pattern. Because he said there's physical things that show his Godhead, if you will. Know. That was, That's a, a statement from him. If there's a statement from him, it's got to be some proof for it. So zoom me up the tabernacle there can. On that one there. That's fine. Okay, so and then um Yahweh told Moses to build it exactly like he was shown, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't remember who but Yahweh passed his hand over his head and showed him the how everything was by the tabernacle, right? Yep. Okay, so that's it's nothing new, okay? This pattern is nothing new. It wasn't made manifest until the wilderness. That doesn't mean it wasn't there. And I can show you that. Okay, so what do we got in this tabernacle here? We got three main compartments, right? Right. We got a most holy place a holy place, and a court roundabout. So we got to find some things in the physical, and it's a three-in-one structure, okay? It's just one tabernacle, three parts, if you will. Well, then you go to John 1 and one and see what Yahweh's got to say about this. Can we find this three-in-one thing? Let's go.
2: John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh.
1: Oh, so we got Yahweh, and we got this word, that's two, but they're together because it says they are, and then go down to 14 quick.
2: 14, and the word was made flesh, and And then that word
1: was made flesh. Which is one, two, three, Yahweh. And we know the word is Elohim and Yahshua. Well, imagine that. Look at your pattern. Got one, two, and three. But one, that's what we call, that's called the Godhead. I just explained with the names. You got Yahweh, invisible, can't see him. You couldn't see up into this most holy place was cordoned off. Then you got Elohim, the visionary shape and form. There was a door there, right? But people went in and went out that door, so you had to have been able to just peek a little bit in there. Couldn't get the whole thing. Then you got the court roundabout. Joshua dwelt on this earth plane. He was right out in the wide open. You get it? Mm
3: Mm-hmm. 1st okay. John 5 and 7.
1: What do you got there? Read it for me.
3: For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these there three are one. That's enough. You see?
1: That's how it works. The world out has got this Trinity thing going on. The Father is the Son. The Son is the Father. The Holy Ghost, but but they're not the same, but they're one, but they're not. That's crazy. That's like just insane. It's not God's little boy walking around back there. Yahweh said it's not, so I'm going to believe that. Right. And he proved it to me by that. You also can go to, what's the chart with the Adam and the cell? The green chart. As you can tell, I'm not too good with scriptures and stuff You're like that. Good. But you know what? It's what you know, mm-hmm. not who you know. Or, not, never mind. Okay, so you look at a cell here. Can you blow this up a little bit so I can just get in on the. There you go. So you look at a cell. Anything fleshly is made out of cells, right? Right. You got a cell body. You got RNA and DNA. Three but one cell. Look at the atom. You got an electron, a neutron, and a proton. A little farther than that, you got if you go either death burial resurrection. You got negative death death burial. You are just neutral. And then you got a plus, which is your resurrection. Things are very easy to understand if Yahweh shows it to you. Right. Um, There's a a certain amount of academia, if you will. Any person can see that there's three in one here. But the difference is, is, is like an education. You can learn everything you learn to be taught. But you may not know how to actually go out and do it. I've used an example before. I was a carpenter. I had an architect. We were having a problem building something. He came out. We looked at it. I told him, I says, you tell me how to build it. He couldn't. Because he just knew how to draw a line from here to there. He had no practical use for it. And that's what Yahweh gives us, practical use for these things. Because they're there not just to be an academic thing, but it's to give you an understanding of how Yahweh is. Not so you can just get up and spell off all these things and make it sound like you're somebody. You understand?
2: Right.
1: Okay. So those are a few examples. One that I like the most probably is H2O. Water. It's a vapor. You can't see it. It's a liquid. It can go anywhere. No real particular shape, but it's just something you can see something. And then you got ice, which is a solid. If that doesn't explain the Godhead, in the simplest terms ever, I don't know. Because it's all H2O. Just in three different... Forms, if you will. And that's Yahweh in a heartbeat. He's invisible with the gas. He's in that shape and form that fits whatever it needs to fit whatever. And then you got the physical of Yahshua walking around. And when you take that, and the pattern goes up and down. And that water goes from frozen, gets put back in those. Liquid and then evaporates away. Just shows you that the pattern works. A pattern is not something that you just go one, two, three down. It's got to come back up. It's got to go back into Yahweh, and that's what the water shows you. And I, those things are just wonderful. I like it real simple, and that's good enough for me. Um, just trying to get you to understand. The biggest thing here is, is that it's, it's, Yash, it's Yash, Yahweh showing it to you in his spirit. You're a fleshy body. You can't understand it. The flesh is enmity to Yahweh. That's why he came down so that he could put that Holy Spirit in us so we could know him. That's I don't know, that's that's really all I got. I'm not a long talker, not long-winded. So I hope that kind of sets somebody up to build on it because the foundation's good. Thank you very much.
0: Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you. For our next speaker, we'd like to call on Dr. Kobe Brown from Delaware.
3: I Madison.
0: Are you there, Kobe?
3: Can't hear you yet, bud. Keep trying. Same problem Tatiana had. You'll get it.
0: It's not showing that he's muted, but we can't hear him. Testing. Well, now there you are.
5: Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know. I don't know what was happening. Um I got a lot from the previous speaker. Thanks, Rick. And Tachan, is, it is nice to have you aboard. Um, we're glad that uh, we have something to say that you like hearing. Um, the scripture reading, Romans 1, to 6, starting at the 16th verse, you want to pick it up, there? I think, Rick, uh, it's about no. there, see if I yeah. can add. Yeah.
2: Romans 1, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah, for it is the power of Yahweh unto salvation to everyone that believeth, now
5: to G- not believe You can't believe this gospel if you hadn't been shown some, if it hasn't been given, if you haven't been given a foundation. And uh, I think the previous speaker kind of laid out the one, two, three of it, that being the court ground about the holy place and the most holy place, and built on that to show that this. Uh, The pattern uh, uh, that was given to Moses and he built um, in Sinai in the wilderness fits the entire universe as we know it. Uh, Nothing escapes it. I mean, that's Yahweh's pattern. He himself is a pattern, as it says. Elohim, the archetype, original pattern of the universe. That's his body, uh, his personality, if you will, and it was made using himself as the pattern. And you can believe that only after you've been shown witnesses. And that's important because once you believe, then you can come to know other things that Yahweh will show you. Um, You wanna keep reading?
2: Yes. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah, for it is the power of Yahweh unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of Yahweh revealed from faith to faith.
3: Well, as it is.
5: There's a reveal from faith to faith. And we know that faith is Yahshua the Messiah. So you could actually read that as uh, righteousness of Yahweh revealed from Yah- uh, Yahshua to Yahshua in you. Right. As is written. And the just shall live by Yahshua in you. So you can read it that way. And, and Rick went over to Hebrews to pull it up to give you the definition of faith. And I want to work with that a, a little bit. Uh, you want to uh, continue reading?
2: In Romans 2? Yes. In Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of Yahweh is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Uh-huh. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. For hmm. Yahweh hath showed them You don't an un- have
5: any excuse at all. Because Yahweh manifest it in you. Anything that you can can know about him. Uh, Psalms, the 19th chapter, the first verse. Get that? Um, Psalm
4: 19. Mm-hmm. The heavens declare the glory of El, mm-hmm. and the firmament showeth his handiwork.
5: Ugh. The heavens declare the glory. And Yahshua is Yahweh's glory, and the firmament, the things that He's made, shows His handiwork. Now, ninth over in Romans is said that is manifest in you, also in the earthland, and it's saying the same thing here in Psalms. Read, day unto day uttereth speech,
4: and night unto night showeth knowledge. Read. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Mm-hmm. Their line is gone out
5: through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Look, there are some out there that may say, well, it's, yeah, you you people in this, this cult thing that, that you call the idea my, you know, you're not going all over the world to, to show this gospel. And so, well, it's just not true. Because Yahweh speaks the language of the earth. And you may not understand English, which is our language, what we speak here. But you do understand the sunrise, the sun in motion, and the sunset. You do understand the water cycle evaporation, condensation, and precipitation, or Yahweh in an in, uh, invisible state, or or condensation, Yahweh Elohim, and taking on shape and form, or precipitation, that being the solid form of water, or Yahshua Messiah. So you do understand the water cycle, and that has nothing to do with us speaking English or any other language. That's Yahweh's language, reaching out to you. His His word has gone out throughout the earth and it shall not come back to him void. So you don't have an excuse about that IDMR preaching the gospel. Yahweh preaches his gospel. You understand? Yahweh, his pattern. So back over in um, Romans, please.
2: Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them for Yahweh hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen.
5: Okay, stop right there. I want you to go same place where where, uh, uh, the previous speaker went over in John, the first.
2: John one and one.
5: Mm -hmm. Please
2: all in there.
4: John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word,
5: and the word was with Yahweh. And the word can with we go Yahweh. to the Moses. Can we go up to the Moses chart where you're reading that, please? And you want to make that a little bit bigger up by the top. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Read. In the beginning was the word. Okay, that, that word is the sun okay and it's, it's shape and form that's standing on top of that blue sapphire stone okay in the beginning was the word read. and the word was with yahweh and there's that cloud full of all that substance and we know it as wisdom intelligence knowledge love beauty and justice foundation power and strength it's in no particular shape and form You can't see it or discern it with your natural uh, senses. But that word was with Yahweh. Read. And the word was Yahweh.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: The same was at the beginning.
5: Go ahead.
4: The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. Okay. All All things were made by him And without him was not anything made that was made.
5: Elohim, that word, made everything. We're talking about the days of of creation. Without him was nothing made. So in that heavenly state, you had Yahweh in cloud, in that cloud uh, form without particular shape and form. Then you had him taking on a shape and form and, and, in that clear body, but it was without physical form. So it was a spirit. And then you had him create the days of the creation stand on that same line. And he himself was the pattern. So he made everything according to his pattern or Yahweh's pattern. So you could understand Yahweh By the things that he made. He took on the shape and form as the word. Those are his work clothes, actually. And he went to work by creating everything in the creation. So if you can understand the things in the creation, then you can understand Yahweh in part. No one can understand Yahweh totally and completely. Our minds ain't big enough. But we can understand him in part. He said so, and he made a way for us to understand. So you had Yahweh in the body of, uh, I'm sorry, in the spirit form with all the substance taking on a shape and form as the Word or the Son. And then the Word and the Son went to work in His work clothes and created everything that was made. And if it wasn't made, then He didn't make it. Okay. Let's go back over to um, Romans, uh, the 19th verse.
2: Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them.
5: Now, we just talked about that. So here in Romans is the same thing that John does happen in John, Because Yahweh hath showed it unto them. Read 20.
2: For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. I know that sounds
5: really weird, but if you just take it a little bit at a time, if you look at the things that are made, it points to the invisible things and now you can see them or understand them. That's why it becomes clear because you understand it. It's like everything. You go to school, it's a fog trying to learn something new. But once you understand the things that you're learning, you know, you say to yourself, wow, why didn't I get that? It's pretty simple. (laughs) Once you understand something, you can make that statement. "Ah, That's pretty simple. Yeah. Until you do understand that you're walking around going, what? What?
2: Uh
5: I want you to continue reading now,
2: please. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse.
5: And the previous speaker talked about that Godhead, and that's what we talked about. I want you to go over to Hebrews um, and pick up faith. I want to see if I can equate it back to Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, and the things that are made. Because all of these are saying the same thing. And that's why faith is your salvation, or Yahshua is your salvation. Hebrews, is it the 11th chapter? Yes, yeah. Hebrews
4: 11, 1. Thank you.
5: I got okay, it. I don't want to catch hold on a second, I want to catch up with you. Okay.
4: Okay. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Hold on. The evidence of things not
5: seen. I want you to go back to that very first first. So I want to stop you. Read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hold on. Now we're looking at the Moses chart. And we're saying faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if you look over at at the cloud and look at that substance, I'm talking about the wisdom, the knowledge, intelligence, love, justice, beauty, power, foundation, and strength. You look at that and we say now faith is the substance. That's Yahweh's substance. So faith is that substance of things hoped for. Read, the evidence of things not seen. If you look off to the right, I'm talking about from the word, the things that he made, this is the evidence. Everything that he made, this is the evidence of the things not seen. This is the evidence of Yahweh, even though you can't see him. If you look at the things that are made, that's his evidence.
4: Read. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Mm -hmm. Read. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of Yahweh.
5: Now look, through faith or through Yahshua, we get an understanding of the world. We get an understanding of Yahweh. We get an understanding how things operate in the world. We get an understanding of everything that occurs in this world if Yahshua reveals it to you.
2: Exactly.
5: Faith will make you stand still when you don't know, when you don't understand. Faith will cause you to take a deep breath settle yourself and watch Yahweh's salvation because you know he will he didn't bring you to this point to kill you he didn't bring you to this point to destroy you so if you just stand still and wait you will see your deliverance through faith you understand what I'm saying Mm -hmm. through faith that is not looking at Steve, not looking at Dennis, not looking at anyone else. Why? Because this gospel is personal, it's tailor made to each one of us. You have to look inside yourself. There, there's a, um, a passage. There's a. Um, Um, Cleanse thou me of secret faults? Mhm. At uh, the nineteenth oh, chapter, yeah. Psalms. Can you get that? Sure, Psalms First first twelve. Thank you.
4: Who can understand his errors?
5: Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Look, that right there says there's things. I don't know about you. But I've learned that everything that Yahshua shows us in the world. Yeah, it's nice to know about the Pope and his his hang-ups. <laughs> it, re- it really is. But You have got to learn how to take care of that man in the mirror. you got to look inside yourself. And this passage really says there's things going on in you that only Yahshua knows about. Cleanse me of the secret fault. There's things in you you don't even know about. Right. Those are the things that need to be cleaned up before you present it to his father. You want to read that again for me, please? who can understand his errors
4: cleanse thou me from secret faults stand
5: still and 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 just watch that salvation take place Mm -hmm. over in james please Uh, the first verse i think i'm not i'm not sure i think it's james Let patience have its work.
2: That is James 1. I'm going to start at verse 2. James 1.
5: Start at 1, please. James
2: 1. James, a servant of Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. I had
5: a problem with James because he went on and said, you know, about this patience. And then I had a real problem with James. I prayed for patient's a long time, and, you know, it it was a, it's tough duty, that suffering is tough duty, and I didn't know what I was praying for, and then later I found out, whoa, long, I stopped praying for that, I stopped praying for that, that's right, you (laughs) did, read, please,
2: two, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, this is why you can count it as joy. If you don't understand what's
5: coming up, there's no way in heck you're going to count it as joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Nobody did. I didn't, and you didn't either, if you be honest about it. Count it as joy and you fall into diverse, Nah, uh -uh, not going to happen. But this Mm -hmm. is why you can count it as joy, Read.
2: Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience.
5: Yeah. But you're not trying Yahshua. Yahshua is revealing in you your faith, the same way he brought the children of Israel out in the wilderness to show them what they were made of. It's the same thing happening to you. Read.
2: But let patience have her perfect work that he may be perfect and entire wanting nothing.
5: Look, when Yahshua finished cleansing you of those secret faults, and you've gone through those diverse times and you've smiled on it, you kept a happy face about it those diverse times because patience had a chance to clean you and make you a perfect vessel. Clean your house so it's worth habitation by this Holy Spirit. Knowing and understanding that, you could put a smile on your face and enjoy these diverse times and temptations because your house has been dusted, vacuumed, washed, and waxed, and you are sparkling. That's why you have a glow on your face. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to understand James, Kobe, Because until then I didn't. I had a real problem with James. Want to go back to um, on scripture reading? I'm Romans developing.
2: 1 and uh, you see, we moved, took off at uh, 20. Okay. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Mm-hmm. even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse
5: you are without excuse over in Colossians the second verse it says you are complete in him you are complete in him there's no issues, there's no problems you look within yourself let Yahshua do what he has to do with you keep a smile on your face keep your spirits high um, support the brethren and know this, he did not bring you to this point to destroy you, you are not special. He chose you and because he chose you, that made you special in and of him, not in and of you. And and I think that's all I had to say. I wanna thank you for your time. Peace, joy, and happiness in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Thank you. For our next speaker, we would like to ask Dr. Sue Ellen McGuire of the Madison, Wisconsin branch.
3: You're with us, Swellen? Can't hear you.
2: It's catching.
3: I know they're not used to getting on and speaking. Where is that darn unmute button, huh? She's here. Swellen. I'd play the Jeopardy song, but you don't want to hear me humming. <laughs> well, I think we can move on. Um, I didn't put anything in the chat. Uh, I'll take the next spot. This is uh, Steve. Um, sorry, Swellin. I uh, enjoyed. I always enjoy everybody. It's uh, it's nice. Um, there's no big eyes or little U's in this room. Everybody has a testimony to tell because the preaching of this gospel affects each and every one of us. Every one of us, as as Kobe was talking about, uh, every tub sits on its own bottom, and everyone goes through this. Was that swollen by any chance? I don't think it was. Okay, I just heard a girl's voice. Um, we each uh, are. There's only one way. Throw up the tab. Uh, zoom in on the tabernacle here. Oh, and it's, you know there's only one way to get to the most holy place is the presence of Yahweh. So if you look at this tabernacle, there's only one way to get put your arrow on the most holy place. Yahweh dwells between the wings of the archangel in the most holy place. And there's only one way to get there. You have to go in through the the gate, past you know the tabernacle shows us there's only one way to get there. It's by death, burial, resurrection. There's something has to die. It has to be buried and there has to be a quickening and anointing and so on. And then this is the way unto Yahweh. Uh, And uh, it's the same for all of us. This is the pattern. We call it the pattern of heavenly things or the pattern or plan of salvation. Yahweh, when he came down and gave this covenant to the children of Israel, in in, in uh, 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 the wilderness of Sinai there. It's written right there. I can't even read it. Um, he made a covenant with them, an agreement, a marriage with them. And if they kept the, the agreement of this covenant, it would be their righteousness. And he also gave them a way of, of obtaining it because he knew they wouldn't be able to keep it. So he had this Pattern, you can zoom out a little bit on it now, Karen. Show me the whole there. He gave them the pattern. So when they sinned or broke one of the rules of the laws under this covenant, they could bring a sacrifice unto the vessel of salvation, which is what the tabernacle was. It was the vessel of salvation because Yahweh knew they weren't going to be able to keep it. But he made a way for them to be um atoned for and once a year on the day of atonement he would either accept all of their sacrifices or not and they hoped he accepted them which he did while they were in the wilderness and then they would be clean all their he wouldn't remember their sins no more and then they'd go about sinning and so on for the next year and so on and so forth all the way down the line so this was the tabernacle or the vessel of salvation so People are talking about faith and the operation. When you read Romans 1, 19 and 20, that which may be, I'm going to quote it, but I want you to look at the Moses chart. That which may be known about Yahweh was manifest in them. That was the tabernacle. They didn't see anything up on, they saw a cloud. 73 people went to the midpoint and they saw Yahweh Elohim in a shape and form, but the people down below didn't see anything. They only knew Yahweh through this tabernacle and, and agreeing to the covenant. This is that which may be known about Yahweh. We can know something about the tabernacle pattern. And it was manifest in them. As a matter of fact, it was the focal point. They were all encamped around this tabernacle. So that which may be known of Yahweh was manifest in them. For Yahweh had shown it unto them. For the invisible things, the things that they didn't see up on the top of the mountain that Moses saw in the 70s, was manifest right within them. Right. See, that's what he's talking about, Paul, when he writes this. Yahweh was manifest in them. They can only see him by the thing that was made, the tabernacle. And we understand in the tabernacle, like you said, there's a death, a burial, and a resurrection. These are the things that we come to understand Yahweh. He went through a death, the the Messiah. When I was raised up in a Catholic church and different organizations uh, that I belonged to after that, uh, that was the hard thing. Who is Jesus 2,000 years ago? How do I know this wasn't a hoax? They got it all wrong. Why am I believing this? But now when I see this Moses chart, it's talking about he has to go through a death. There's a death and a burial and a resurrection. Zoom in on the tabernacle. There has to be a lamb offered up. See? So this tabernacle is Yahshua. John the Baptist in uh, John 129. I'll get some scriptures. Jerry, you can work with me and Mike. I want that he's the lamb. He's the door. He's the, uh, uh, the woman at the well, the water. I am the light. I am the bread. No one comes unto me, unto the Father, but by the Son. We'll start with those. And we're going to work one, these vessels. We're going to work through these vessels. And in John one twenty nine, John the Baptist points Joshua out when he starts his ministry and goes to him to be baptized. John points him out and says, Behold, read. John
2: 1 and 29. The next day John seeth Joshua coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of Yahweh, which taketh away the sin of the world.
3: So he's calling him a lamb that's going to take away sin of the world. So people will read this Bible trying to get an understanding. And if they don't know what this pattern is all about, they don't know why he's calling him a lamb. Right? How a lamb can take away the sin of the world? Well, the lamb took away your sin back here. See, there, was, there were sacrifices that had to be offered a, a lamb. So he's called a lamb. So then, uh, um, I want uh, uh, the labor with uh, the water cleansing. Any one of them. Uh, the The principle of the labor was to clean, cleanse the sacrifices, and, and that's and there was washing up. The priests would wash their hands in here and wash. And there was a principle of cleansing the blood off the sacrifices. And then they were laid in order on the altar. So it's a principle of cleansing. So the water cleans. So then Yahshua talks about uh, being uh, anyone, Titus, uh, I don't know, the washing, renewing of the washings, of regenerations. Somebody help me.
0: Titus 3 and 5.
3: Thank you. Titus 3 and 5,
4: not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. See, the law
3: was works of righteousness, which we did, and it didn't do any good, read, but by. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. He's talking about this is what Yahshua, the new, the new covenant is the washing of regeneration by, walk, by Yahshua. You're clean through the word. The, the words that I speak, they are life and they are truth. All these things are, he keeps speaking while he's in his ministry for three and a half years. Joshua, if you're reading the Gospels, he's walking around the words that he speaks and so on. That's washing and cleaning through the word. So there's a principle of cleaning. Uh, when he was baptized by John in the River Jordan, and he rose up and he went into the wilderness of Sinai. Why would he, why would Yahshua go out into the, he went out in the wilderness, not the wilderness of Sinai. He went out into a wilderness, it says, and he was out there for 40 days. Well, this tabernacle was in the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua, he is fulfilling these things. And he rose up, and the Spirit ascended on him like a dove. So he is anointed after his baptism. The high priest, first he goes to the laver to be cleansed, and then they pour anointing oil over the high priest before he can become a priest to quicken him, anoint him. So John baptizes him, and then he's anointed by the Holy Spirit. Can we read that? Matthew 3, 16.
4: And Yahshua, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of Yahweh descending like a dove, and lighting upon him.
3: So John's witnessing, he said, I saw the Spirit ascending like a dove on him, and lighting him. Read. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. We want to get to 40 days when he went up into the wilderness next chapter next um, chapter thanks for
4: four one then yashua led up of the spirit
3: into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil can you see who this is pointing out he's the same one back here that this covenant he was this is pointing out to yashua yashua is this tabernacle he is you know, the lamb, he is the waters of regeneration. He is the quickening spirit. He's going through the motions showing you who he is in a physical body when he comes in made of a woman made under the law, you understand? So Yahshua is this tabernacle. When they look, uh, get for me, uh, uh, let's get uh, Exodus 24, nine and 10. Cause this is back out a little bit, Karen, show me the mountain. So you got 73 people here on the left side brought up to the midpoint of the, and Moses and, and Joshua and 73 peoples, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. You see these three painted here. That's Aaron, Moses' brother, Nadab, and Abihu. And they see the vision of Elohim, it says right there. Read it. And
2: they And they saw the Elohim of Israel. Mm -hmm. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone. And as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw Elohim and
3: did eat and drink. So 73 people saw a vision. This is a vision they're having. They see this and they saw hands, feet and a body and a, and, and. A body of heaven and his clearness, so they saw something that was clear, but yet they saw it. You know, this is this is a vision. This takes a vision to see this. So this is, but this is what they saw. And then they, then uh, Moses and Joshua went all the way up, and the seventy-three people ended up going down and working on that golden calf because they thought that he delayed his coming and all this. But Moses went to the top of the mountain. And he understood more than these people did. But they did see something, and they witnessed to it. And the people on the ground, all they saw was a fiery cloud. They didn't see what the 73 saw. So they were given instruction later to build a tabernacle of what they saw. So that vision that they saw is this tabernacle. So let's go through the vessels again and just show you that these some of these vessels represent some of the things that Yahshua did in his ministry. So we had him, he's the lamb, he's the washing, he's the quickening spirit, and he went up in the wilderness just like they did back here. And then uh, he they call him, they call him the lamb, and he's the light, and he's the bread come down. So I want the light and the bread.
2: The bread is John six and forty-eight, and the light is the next chapter. So let's go to John 6 and 48.
3: Thank you, Jerry. Um,
2: I am that bread of life. Mm -hmm. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead.
3: So this is Joshua saying, I'm the bread of life. Your fathers back here in the wilderness were eating manna. Read.
2: This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die.
3: Mm -hmm. I am
2: the living bread.
3: Right. Just like he's the living water. He's saying, I'm the living bread. You know, right. you want you want me in you instead of some manna. Right. You know, the manna, the manna, they grind it up and they work with it and they eat it to sustain them. Well, we want eternal life. Now we have to have Yahshua in us. Eternal life is Yahshua and knowing him and him in you. And Kobe talked about this and Rick, Yahshua in you and you and Yahshua however you want to say it you two have to be in unison in agreement you know and that's through the foolishness of this preaching that you might see that this was Yahweh's intent for you to know him as he really is and actually exists and and this is what we endeavor to do we try to show you these witnesses so that you don't memorize these things this forms a picture in your mind that Yahweh's really serious and talking to you Yahweh Yahweh's You know, this is important stuff you're seeing. It's not playtime. It's not just correlations and memorizations. It's real. Yahweh really is real. He's alive and well and working unto this day.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: This is current events. So we know that he's the bread, he says. Right. You know, so he says, I'm the light, the light of the world, because you had on that table that we just showed you, there was bread. There was 12 loaves of bread on there. And the priests would eat off of that 12 loaves of bread. So then the, the first thing he did when he went in there is he trimmed the wicks on these oil lamp and uh, lit, the, lit the lamp uh, during the hours of darkness. And then in the daytime, he put them out like I think it was nine o'clock in the morning. He extinguished them and then he relit them again at six o'clock or something. My timing may be off, but... It was during the daylight hours, it was not lit. And in the evening, it was the light. So there was always light in that holy place. So can mm-hmm. I have that wherever you got, Jerry?
2: That's John 8 and, 8 and 12. Then spake Joshua again unto them, saying,
3: mm-hmm. I
2: am the light of the world.
3: I am the light. I don't have light. I am light. <laughs> there's darkness and there's Joshua, Yahweh. He's light is what he's telling. I'm light. Read.
2: I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light
3: of life. Mm -hmm. You will be illuminated. You know, they show cartoons and in the old days, you see these cartoons and they have a little caption above and the guy'd be thinking and the light would go on. Ding. I get it. You know, the light. (laughs) It's a. You need some illumination of your understanding. You need some light. So he's got bread, he's got light. This is Yashua. I'm the bread, I'm the light. I'm the lamb, I'm the cleansing, I'm the quickening. Go to the next one. No man, the, at the thing about the altar of incense here, there were daily ministrations of prayers offered up on this altar for the people. There was prayers offered up, I think three times a day if I remember. Anyhow, we can get the numbers on it, but there was regular prayers, daily prayers, daily ministrations in here, And, and they had to offer up prayers for the people and for the sins and stuff. So, and this was an intercession between the priest for you, so he was representing you, so to speak, and you're praying unto Yahweh through the priest, the high priest, so read to me. Uh, what we got on uh, no man comes know. unto the Father. Because yashua talks even. about I, is that in John 14 or is not? I don't know. Sasha, Do you, you got no?
2: The, they want yashua being the only mediator.
3: Yes, yeah. that'll work. He's a first mediator, Timothy, intercessor.
2: 1 Timothy
0: 2 and 5.
3: Yeah.
4: First Timothy 2, five. For there is one Yahweh, one mediator between Yahweh and
3: man. So man, Yahshua, Messiah. So he's, he's talking about it. He's talking to people and said, there's only one mediator. It was Yahshua was the mediator. You can't talk to pure spirit, but by Yahshua. It's the way Yahweh set it up. Just because Yahshua is the high priest. You know, they had a high priest under the Levitical priesthood. He's the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, which is a lifetime. The one under the Levitical priesthood was 30 to 50, 20 year span. They were priests. Yahweh's a priest forever after Melchizedek. And he's the intercessor between man and the father. And it does say somewhere, no man comes unto the father, but by me in the scriptures. And I'll have to find it later on my own. But that's, that's the point of the intercessor. That the word intercessor, he's interceding for you. He's a mediator, an intercessor. Okay. And then in the most holy place is a three-in-one configuration. It's, it's, it's not divided. It's all a unity in the spirit. It's, it's Yahweh in his pure spirit state. And Yahshua said, I and my father are one. So Yahshua is in the Father, in the cloud, the whole thing is there. Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, it's all up in there. The whole thing. And it just has to come down and be broken down for you. So um, I just, I had to go through that to show you, just uh, you can back out of there, Karen. Show the whole chart there. Because... Every time I read Romans 1 and 19, uh, can we read this 1 and 19? And I'm going to be short here. Take another five and take my seat.
2: Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them.
3: So what did Yahweh show them? He, he made a covenant with them. You, uh, you be my bride and I'll be your husband and I'll take care of you and your shoes won't wear out and I'll feed you and all these things. And uh, they agreed and they couldn't keep the covenant because of all of the rules and ordinances. But he made a way out for them. And, and, and he was a good husband unto them. He took care. Of, they were the problem. And the problem was that the law wasn't in them. It was external to them. Everything that Yahweh said, "Thou shalt not do this," "Thou shalt not." If Yahweh steps in, you, the understanding of the "Thou shalt not" becomes clear. You know, uh, it's not some external thing anymore. It's not blind faith. The world had—they have faith that's of their own imagination. They believe on something that they have no reason to believe on it. It just takes their willpower. Well, that's not getting you anywhere with Yahweh. He has given us his witnesses, his evidence, his proof of who he is and who's doing all the work. All of it. He does all of it. Salvation was through that tabernacle. All you did was brought a. You went up to the tabernacle and confessed that you were a sinner. That's what, you could, that's what you could do. You could be a confessed sinner. And John the Baptist, at the time of the Messiah, was baptizing people looking for the Messiah. And people came to him confessing their sins. Confessing their sins. And what did John do? He baptized them. Well, the principle of baptism is an immersion. He buried them. He was, he was a gravedigger. You said you sinned. He buried you in the water. Right. He washed your sins off. Yahshua went in and said, I have no sin. And then John just went, whoa, I have need to be baptized of you and you're coming to me. And he told him to suffer it. Because what he was doing was setting up the end of the first covenant of works the one way. He came in as a man under the law and brought it. He's the one that spoke it in. And he's the one that ended it by his death on the cross and the outpouring of the once he died and was innocent at everything in the law, he brought, he owned it then. He brought an end to it. He had the right to make a new covenant. That one was done behind us. And the whole Christian dumb has dragged it over into this next covenant. And they do parts of it. They do the. Last Supper, the Communions, they do the baptisms. The Catholics have nine sacraments. The Lutherans have two and so on and so forth. Everybody picks a little of it. They all. I, I know a lot of Christians just say, we don't make you get baptized. Really? It's just a sign. So I don't have to do it? No, you have to do it as just a sign. So I have to do it. Well, it's just a sign. In other words, they say, yeah, you got to get wet. You gotta get wet. They like to, the, they they know it's contradiction. They don't want to say it, but then they say it. You gotta get wet. Yeah. You know, and I was involved with them. And there's just everybody's hanging on to a little bit of stuff that is physical. The new covenant has nothing to do with physical because everything about it is spiritual. Yahweh is salvation, Yahshua is your savior, and we preach the witnesses that Yahweh is real that Yahweh has come. He's brought an end to these works. And if you can see with your mind's eye, if he's gracious and has mercy on you, then then, then you're a son. And then yep. you stand there, and there's not a lot of us out there. There's not a lot of people. A lot of people come and go. Oh, I've heard that before. That's the same thing, you know, and they're worried about their 401ks and their next car and this Bobby has to go to college and how am I going to, you know, they're worried about everything in the flesh. And we try to just live in Yahshua while we're living on the earth. We it The number one priority, or as a friend of mine would say, the only priority is Yahshua. And then everything else is, yeah, I got to get up and I got to go to work and this and that. But Yahshua is our Number one priority. So with that, I'll uh, turn it over to the moderator and I'll call on the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Mopey. I want to say good uh,
6: evening. I want to say good evening. Thank you very much. Well, there were a few things that were talked about tonight that brought my mind back to a class that uh, we had in Oceanside last Saturday night. And uh, in that class, Dr. Andy Verkaterin uh, worked with uh, some things about faith that were, to me, excellent points. They were just very, very uh, mind-expanding understanding of faith. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about a couple of those Now, one point that Andy brought out Saturday night, which I thought really, really nails what he was trying to get across, is that the word faith, when you look it up in a dictionary, is defined as a noun, not a verb. Now, there is a verb that can be followed, but the word faith itself is identified primarily as a noun. Now, why does, why is that important? A noun is something that is, uh, uh, if you will, something that exists or something that is a substance that has substance. Where verb is an action. And so, what I want to do real quick is I want you to go over to does. If anybody has a dictionary, you can get this. I'm in the dictionary on my phone. And in this dictionary I'm in the Merriam-Webster dictionary when we look up the word faith what comes up in the definition the very first thing it says faith noun now has somebody got that I want I want confirmation I'm sorry I don't have a dictionary go ahead my All right I'm reading it from a Merriam You do go ahead
0: Uh, It says faith is a
6: noun. All right. The first
0: definition, did you want
6: that? Not right this instant. I want to get the fact that it's a noun. I want to start with that. Now, then from there, when Andy brought this out, I wanted to further break it down. So what I did is I went over to the, well, the word noun in the dictionary. So if you could do that also.
0: Yes.
6: And what I want you to do before we go any further, I want you to, uh, let's see here, hang on for a minute. There is an etymology on my dictionary, a history and etymology of the word or the word noun. Do you have that?
0: Uh, yes.
6: Could you read what you got?
0: Middle English noun, N-O-W-N-E. From Anglo-French, nom, N-O-M, noun, N-O-U-N, name, noun, from Latin,
6: nomen. Thank you. More at name. Now, what the etymology of noun is, name. Name is the etymology of noun. So a noun is a name. Now, if we were going to give a name to faith let me just have you go to the right now the definition uh let's see here if it's in here or not let's see it. uh let's see here hang on for a minute it might have been back in faith that i what i'm looking for here oh no it's in here do you have in your dictionary uh start at the top there in definition read the definition of noun If you don't have it, I can read it. I have it. All right. I'm
0: sorry, I was muted. Any member of a class of words that typically can be combined with determiners, the determiner, to serve as the subject of a verb can be interpreted as singular or plural. Can be replaced with a pronoun. Refer to an entity, quality, shape, action, or concept.
6: Now, the word, a noun, can uh, apply to or refer to an entity. Now, what I want you to do very quickly, if you can, I, on my phone, I can just press the word entity, and that definition is going to come up. And we're going to read that now. So, a noun is a name and it can pre- refer to an entity. So mm-hmm. when I press on it, I don't know, are you using a uh, uh, an electronic uh, dictionary?
0: Yes, I think I probably have the same one you do. I All right, just what do you have with when... it be right there.
6: Okay, go ahead.
0: Um, Being, existence.
6: Now listen, an entity is a being. Now, that's what Yahweh is. Yahweh is an entity. Elohim is an entity. Yahshua is an entity. Now, faith is a noun, and a noun is a name by etymology. So, the real name of faith is Yahshua. Yahshua is faith. Now, over there in the book of Revelations, Yahshua is referred to, if somebody knows where it is, you can read it, as the faithful and true witness. Does anybody know where that is? I believe it could be in the 12th chapter of Revelation, I'm not sure, or the 13th. I
2: think think it's the third chapter, if I'm not mistaken.
6: Okay, well, if you could find that, Sasha, I'd appreciate it. On
2: 1214
4: or so, maybe 21. Okay. 14. Somebody
1: wants
4: to read it. 314 of of Revelations. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the
6: Alleluia, the faithful and true witness. Now they're talking about Yahshua who is the faithful and true witness. Now, Yahshua is faith, and here's the thing about faith. Since it's a noun, since it's an entity, since it's it can be an abstract principle, it must be demonstrated or manifested in order for you to know what faith is. Now, we were reading Romans 1:19 and 20 tonight, that the natural things are pointing to spiritual things. Now, the problem with spiritual things is that you cannot see them with your natural senses. You can't see spirit with your eyes or hear it with your ears or touch it with your fingers. It is abstract to you. The only way that you know what spirit is, is by you seeing the manifestation of spirit. Therefore, the creation becomes a demonstration that Yahweh is putting on to manifest what he is in that state of pure spirit. And particularly, he's manifesting those abstract principles of his divine nature. Now, faith is a product of spirit. It is a byproduct or a uh, sub-attribute of those attributes in pure spirit. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what faith is connected to from the standpoint of the divine nature. But I want you to bear in mind that faith has got to be made manifest, just like everything else. It's a classic Romans 1, 19 and 20. So let's go over to James for a minute. I want you to go to James, the second chapter. I want you to go to, let's see. Start at 17.
2: James 2 and 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being
6: alone. Now what he's saying here is that faith being substance, oh boy, be, hold your finger there, Jerry. My other reader get uh, again, it was talked about again tonight uh, Hebrews 11:1 please.
4: Hebrews 11, 1.
6: Yes. Now faith, now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Now I like the way it was expressed tonight by one of the speakers. and talked about substance. Now what I want you to know is this. Substance is something that is not a action, but it is a underlying uh, uh uh, uh, product, or or I don't know how to say this, actually. Result. Substance is something that's a noun, okay? Let me just say it like that. It is the basis from which something is going to be manifested. So, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's not just the act of things hoped for, but it is the substance so Paul starts out to express faith as a noun. Then he expresses a verb aspect of faith. Read, go ahead, and read one, start at the start at the beginning again. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for.
4: The evidence of things
6: not seen. Now the evidence is the act of faith. Substance is the stuff. Of what faith is. And evidence is the operation of faith. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's the evidence of things not seen. So he's coupling the noun and the verb together. Now I'm saying that for this reason. Because we always believed that faith was the way you acted towards God within your own heart and mind. In other words, I believe there's a God. And they call that in the world, having faith because you can't see it. But their faith is blind, and it does not represent the divine attribute of faith. And I'm going to talk about why it's an attribute and where it is attached to in the attributes. Now, so we have substance that is abstract, and then we have evidence, which is the manifestation of that Substance of faith. Now, what we've got is this. We've got him going through in the 11th chapter. I'm talking about Paul. When he writes this 11th chapter, he's going through a litany of demonstrations of faith all the way down through the law and the prophets. And if we had time, we'd go through those. In fact, we're going to go through a few of them. And hold your finger, and James, because I'll get back to James, but I want to go over for a minute to Hebrews 11 with you, and so I can make this point clear. Because as I was listening tonight, this was starting to uh, uh, permeate uh, my thinking. Because Saturday night I was stimulated by the lecture that Andy and gave on faith, and tonight it was brought up again, so I started getting signals from within, uh, from the Holy Spirit telling me to go in there and work with that faith. Now watch. What we have here is uh, you. You read one. Keep reading. Read two. What? Uh, go ahead. For by it the elders obtained
4: a good report. Go ahead. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of Yahweh so Go that ahead. things which so that things which are
6: were seen are not made of things which do appear all right now what you got to understand is under the old covenant they did not know anything about what spirit was abraham isaac jacob noah you name it moses none of them knew what spirit was they did not know pure spirit incorporeal and corporeal. They didn't understand the Godhead under that covenant back then, or under the, I, I say that covenant, it precedes the covenant, actually. But from Adam on down, in the first two ages, nobody knew the purpose of Yahweh. Nobody understood that Yahweh was in a state of pure spirit. The only thing they knew about an Elohim was the appearance of Elohim through men, in visions, instructing them of something that was pending or something they had to do. None of them knew why he was doing what he did, and none of them knew how the purpose unfolded. But they had faith back then, or trust in the word that was given unto them, even though they didn't know the substance of faith. Now, there's a reason why I'm saying this. Keep reading a few more down here where you, where you where you left off, Mike. Verse four. By faith Abel
4: offered unto Yahweh a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, which he obtained witness that he was righteousness, righteous, Yahweh testifying of his gifts. And by it being dead, yet speaketh. Read. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because Yahweh hath translated him. For before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased Yahweh. All right, keep reading. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh For he that cometh to Yahweh must believe that he is that he is
6: and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, what they had was they had a part of faith that was working within them. This was before Pentecost. And they were seeing this faith manifested. That's what we're seeing down through the scriptures. We're seeing this faith manifested by the actions that took place all the way down through, where Abel had to offer a proper sacrifice. Uh, Noah had to go out and preach the end of the world, and that a flood was coming and remain faithful to the vision right for 120 years till the time that Yahweh finally sealed him in that ark with his family and saved him from that flood. And then we see the same thing reoccur, with Abraham, who believed Yahweh when he said that he would have uh, a uh, child when he was well stricken in years and his wife was well stricken in years. He believed Yahweh and was counted to him for righteousness for the faith that he had then. And we see the same thing happening with Isaac and Israel, who was Jacob, and then, of course, Moses we see this demonstrated all the way down through the book. So if you if you were able to read this whole chapter, he goes through one example after the next of faith that was demonstrated down through the Law and the Prophets. And what he says here at the end is what, what I want to get to because I don't have time to work with it all. But uh, let me go down here to the end of the 11th chapter. 39? Well... Yeah, I see that. And he, you know, he talks about how they were stoned and they were sawn asunder and tempted and destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. This is 38. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Uh, uh, Go ahead, Mike, 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith,
4: received not the promise Read, Yahweh having provided some better thing for us, that they,
6: without us, should not be made perfect. Now listen, listen, we just read that certain individuals were faithful and they were counted for righteousness because of it. So when he makes the statement at the end that these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise because Yahweh having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Listen, what was better than the faith that they had, especially when we read in the sixth verse, that without faith that is impossible to please him. What they did not have that wasn't given to them then was an understanding of the substance of faith. Because the substance of faith is the divine nature itself, or Yahshua the Messiah. And they did not have that revelation at that time. That's why, although everything they did was a, uh, a, a thing that pleased Yahweh for the time then present, because it demonstrated faith, without understanding what faith is pointing to, and how it is a part of the divine nature their understanding was not brought up to the point of perfection. Now listen, to have faith, you must first have knowledge. You say, what do you mean? Well, let me use a good example. If somebody came to you that you barely knew or maybe just recently met this individual and asked you to borrow a large sum of money Would you give this person that large sum of money just because you had a handshake and were introduced to them? No. Probably not. Most people wouldn't do that. Now, if you knew this person intimately and you knew the quality of their nature and understood they were an honest soul, that they were somebody that kept their word, And they were somebody that were not trying to deceive you and just con you out of your money. If you knew them that well, that knowledge would cause you to have faith in them or trust them because of that knowledge that you have. Knowledge and faith are connected. Here's another thing that's connected to faith is love. We will will trust the people that we love to the point of be willing to die for them to try to help them in any way that we can in a time of need. Knowledge and love drive faith, ladies and gentlemen. They cause the true essence of faith to be a manifestation. The verb of faith, the act of faith is a manifestation of Of the divine nature being now made known to mankind and under the new covenant we are still required to have faith in our Creator but now he's giving us knowledge by which we can then uh, establish that trust and establish that confidence that will cause us then to believe in Yahweh and believe in his promises. Now, if you remember when David, King David, was a young man, basically, and he was uh, very young, and Goliath was killing all of the champions of Israel, what happened is David came to Saul and said, I will fight Goliath. And I know uh, that Yahweh will will overcome him. And they wanted to put armor on him. And he said, I can't, I haven't proved it. Mm -hmm. I won't take that armor. I haven't proved it. Meaning I have no evidence to have faith in that armor. But what Yahweh gave him was evidence when he was out there as a shepherd and his sheep were attacked by once a lion and another time a bear, and he had nothing but a slingshot, and he was able to kill the animal, those rather large and ferocious animals, with a simple slingshot. And he knew that Yahweh did that. He knew that he didn't have that kind of power. He wasn't like a super, a -er. (laughs) slingshotter. You understand? Really, stop, think about it. He knew that when something that spectacular occurred with a slingshot, he just had to be Yahweh. that caused the velocity and aim of that stone to hit that animal right in the right spot and penetrate and kill that animal. So when he went up and stood before Goliath, he said that Yahweh had already given him the proof and he talked about the lion and the bear. And he went out there with confidence because Yahweh gave him the evidence that it can be done. By the spirit directing in the purpose, the outcome. And when he stood before Goliath, Goliath was insulted that they would take this young runt, basically. And Dr. Kinley has to refer to David at that time. He was a nothing but a runt is what he said. <laughs> he was just a small guy. He wasn't on the WWE. You follow?
1: <laughs>
6: now, David... David went out there and Goliath was insulted and he told Goliath, this day will Yahweh deliver you into my hands. He didn't say this day, I've I've studied Kung Fu and I'm going to take you down. (laughs) Didn't say that. Now all of those things they did was the manifestation of faith without them knowing the substance of faith at that point. But under this covenant now, you are getting the substance to go along with the manifestation that you've read about all the way down through your scriptures. You're getting a knowledge of the great creator of the stellar and ecclesiastical universe that we live in and know the power of Yahweh. And you understand that he is real now. We're not just talking about, well, he's, I kind of believe in God. Like, well, this is the way we were before we came into this class. Those of you that were raised in religion, I know some of you were raised in this class, but others that had to go through religions, you kind of believed in God, but you didn't know really. That's right. Now you know. Now you are. he is allowing you to see him and learn of him and to know the substance of faith. Now, when Yahshua comes in, with all of the nine divine attributes that were in his soul being manifested to those men. Before Pentecost, they saw Yahshua do many miraculous things. They saw him raise a man from the dead, walk on the seas during a storm, change water into wine. I mean, we go on and on and on, and they knew this guy it's just not some ordinary uh person out here with a lot of a lot of talk but no uh substance to back it up they saw the manifestations and even even the pharisee there nicodemus that came to him in the 3rd chapter of john said we know that thou art come from yahweh for no man could do these miracles unless mm-hmm. yahweh be with him or Elohim be with him. And that's all they had. They had knowing that they put two and two together, that this had to be somebody that Elohim sent in, because how is this guy able to do this? Now, at that point, the apostles who had seen all those things still were lacking something, even though they believed. They believed in Yahshua. Because as as you recall... The night that they arrested Joshua and Peter went out to look and see what they were going to do with him, somebody said, well, he was one of his disciples. And Peter said, no, I didn't know the man. Now, he did it three times. And Joshua told him he would do that, that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. And here's what happened. When that rooster crowed, he was just devastated because those words came back to him and he knew that Joshua said he would do that but he didn't have the strength yet within himself to stand up and say yes i'm one of his followers i'm willing to die for him not at that point because he didn't have the holy spirit yet now what i want you to know is once the holy spirit was poured out on the day of pentecost and it entered into peter and the rest of the apostles their fear was gone and what it says in your Bible, that perfect love cast out fear. Yeah. Now, as I told you, faith is connected with love. And they now love their creator because now they were having revelations of how he was and how he actually exists and understanding that Yahweh is real to an extent that nobody did, had before that point of Pentecost. And they were willing to die for it now. They were willing to, and you heard what Peter, James, and John said, when they healed the man uh, there at the temple, and there was an uproar because they had healed this man, and then, of course, the Pharisees arrested them because they heard that he had said in the name of Yahshua, take up thy thy bed and walk. And he used that name, and the Pharisees made, I mean, they went through a lot of uh, work to try to suppress that name Yahshua before this occurrence. They even tried to get people to believe that they stole the body, that he didn't resurrect, but the apostles somehow stole the body. And therefore, that's why the body's not in the tomb anymore. So people wouldn't believe. But now, here they heal a man in the name of Yahshua that were standing around. And all of a sudden, this man comes back to full uh, uh, vitality and health. And they know that something's going on with this name Yahshua now. These people are seeing this power of the name of Yahshua now, and they, and, and they know that they cannot tell these people that there isn't something to this Yahshua after what they just witnessed. So they arrest Peter and James and John and they put them on trial. And you know the story. They wanted to know by what name or by what power did you do this? And they said, By the power or the uh, By the name of Yahshua the Messiah was this man made well. By the because the power is in the name. Right. And after that, they threatened them and told them to not speak anymore in that name. And Peter said to them, Do whatever you gotta do. What I gotta do is continue to preach Yahshua the Messiah. Put it obviously in my words, but that's a nut effect of what you're gonna read over there.
1: Yeah,
6: he was no longer fearful about them killing him or doing whatever they wanted to do because he was not going to stop teaching and preaching Yahshua the Messiah. That's because his faith now was perfected by the divine nature. That's what the Holy Spirit is within a person that made him know Yahweh and to know the love of Yahweh. And it gave him the confidence and the conviction that what Yahshua had promised them all, that they would have a State of glorification with a uh, immortal glorified body at the end of this age for being those ministers that went out and preached the gospel and were willing to die for it, and even Paul the apostle, at the time when he was about to die, he writes over there that my you know that his time basically was up. He knew they were going to kill him. Uh, they had him in prison, and he said, "I have." St- finished the work and fought the good. He said, I fought the good fight and finished the course. And I know that I have a crown laid up for me. Now, this man believed in that crown. He believed that Yahshua was going to reward him with an immortal, glorified body, and he trusted him implicitly. And he could not have had that kind of confidence without the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. So what I want you to see is that Yahshua is faith. When Yahshua's in you, that's what those nine divine attributes are. That is the spirit of Yahshua now incarnate in you. And as you're growing in these attributes, your faith will increase as you grow in your understanding. And you are tried from time time to time, and we all go through very difficult times, so that we might exercise faith. And it's important that that happen. Now, look, let's go over to James. Back to James here in a few minutes I have left. James. Uh, we, were, we were in James, the second chapter, and I think, where did we read? Uh, which verse again? One. Uh, one through four. Yeah. James.
2: James?
3: Uh,
6: well,
3: James one through four. One, one through four.
2: I thought it was two and No, it was like 17. Yeah, yeah I
3: don't remember 17. starting
6: at one. That's 17, exactly right. Thank you.
2: 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh
6: down from the Father of lights. Now, With 17, and... wait a minute. He says, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, oh, faith, no, faith
6: has to have a manifestation. Otherwise, if it's not demonstrated, people won't understand and know what faith is.
2: Right.
6: So go ahead, 18 now.
2: 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without my works, and I will show ye my faith by my works.
6: Now he's showing you that what is in him is going to be made manifest by how he conducts himself or in other words, when he says works, he's not talking about water baptism and Lord's suppers or the Passover, but he's talking about the demonstration of the divine nature that that you will recognize as the substance of his faith that lies within his heart and mind. And that's why we come to class. That's why we strive to be better than what we are. That's why we desire to be perfected in the divine nature, because we believe in this thing. We have faith in our Creator, and we want to manifest that faith. That's what we want people to see, that it's real. And the manifestation is demonstrating the reality of this gospel and the power of it. Okay, 19, keep going.
2: Thou believest that there is one Elohim, thou doest well. The devils also believe and
6: tremble. Now look, he said that the devils or the demons also believe that there's one God, and they tremble. Somebody asked Doctor Kinley, some minister. They were having a debate, and it's in one of the transcripts and our uh, discussion. And this minister wanted to know if uh, if if uh, the devil believes, and yet Doctor Kinley said yes. And of course they were they were confounded about that because they thought that when you believe, you have eternal life. And Dr. Kinley quoted this verse and said, not only do they believe, but they tremble. Now, the bottom line is, it's not enough to know that there's a God, uh, believe that there's some God out there. And you're worried that at the end, you're going to be stand before the judgment seat, so to speak, and go to hell. That's what most people think of it that way. He said, but it's not enough. Because you have to have something in you. And that was the problem with back there under the law and the prophets. Every one of those patriarchs that we mentioned, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Moses, all of them had the Holy Spirit in them for a time. Right. But the Holy Spirit was not permanent back there under the old covenant. So they all died devoid of the Holy Spirit. Because then they needed a redeemer to come in to bring them in to the new covenant. Now, what I want you to know is, when Abraham had faith, for an example, that he, that that uh, Sarah would have a child, that was the Holy Spirit, unbeknownst or known to it was not revealed to Abraham that that was the Holy Spirit in him, but yet in fact it was, that caused him to have faith and believe in the promise. That was the Holy Spirit that caused Moses. To persevere in the wilderness when the people did nothing but give him a hard time about everything that was going on. They were constantly sinning. They were constantly causing problems that Yahweh wanted to destroy them and he had to intervene. But the Holy Spirit that was in him caused him to say to Yahweh on behalf of the people when he mediated and Yahweh said, I'm going to destroy the whole nation. Moses said, Don't do that. They'll say you brought him out here just to destroy him. He said, blot my name out of your book. He was willing to die for those people, and they were all sinners. That was the Holy Spirit in there manifesting his nature so that you would be able after Pentecost to look back and see how the Holy Spirit manifested the divine nature through the faith that each one of those people down through the Law and the Prophets demonstrated to know that you need that spirit in you now to have faith to please Yahweh. It is impossible. We could say it's impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please Yahweh. Let me take it up a notch. And Andy did this Saturday. He said, without Yahshua, it is impossible to please Yahweh. Because a carnal mind and a carnal nature cannot please the Father. It's not subject to the law of Yahweh and can't please Yahweh. That's in Romans the 8th chapter. So Yahshua is faith. He is the substance of faith. And the demonstration of it is him in you causing that divine nature to be made manifest within you to the world. I hope that that made some sense. I'm out of time. I went over a couple of minutes. Thank you so much for your patience. I'll hand it back to the moderator and
0: hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Thank you to everyone for joining us this evening. We hold Zoom classes every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you will join us again. We will now be dismissed by the Doctology taken from the last two verses of the Book of June. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Yahweh, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. Mm -hmm.